0: This is the Out of Character Podcast. Introducing your host, Brian Colbert. Welcome, world, welcome to episode 29. That's right, 29 episodes of your favorite podcast, my favorite podcast, your mama's favorite podcast, the Out of Character Podcast. As always, I am your host, brian colbert my friends call me bc you can call me bc too if you're listening if you're listening we appreciate you for listening if you are a first time listener, welcome if you're a returning listener welcome back we appreciate you for returning and being here with us on this journey ladies and gentlemen i got a lot to talk to y'all about ladies and gentlemen i have a lot to talk to y'all about a lot has happened since we last spoke now y'all know I got Little Man with me. I got my boy with me. I got my twin here with me at the crib. And ladies and gentlemen, there has not been one dull moment ever since he's got here. I have had a blast. I can truly say. This is the best summer of my life, the best summer of my life. And I'm so excited because I feel like it's only going to get better each and every summer when he comes to stage with me because he's going to get older. We're going to be able to do more things. He's going to be big enough to understand certain things. And we're just going to have a blast every summer. So, ladies and gentlemen, I have to start the show talking about my little man. I feel like whenever I start the show talking about my son, the show just goes great after that, right? We just flow through the show and it's amazing. So, ladies and gentlemen, I have a very, very important topic to discuss with y'all because there was another moment in my life where my parenthood was in jeopardy, right? Where I was in a situation where I could have made a bad decision and I did not really know what to do. To be quite frank with y'all, I was a little stumped, honestly, because sometimes certain things about our society just doesn't make sense to a kid, right? It's just not something you can easily explain to a child because even some adults don't fully understand or fathom the reasonings for said societal laws, rules, and regulations, right? A lot of us, even as adults, are still trying to figure things out. So when kid uses logic and innocence to ask questions, sometimes it stumps you. And ladies and gentlemen, I was found in that very situation so because my son is with me my my sister my mom my dad they are taking full advantage of that and get to talk to him on facetime all the time they love talking to him he loves talking to them his relationship with his grandmother and his aunt and his grandfather are amazing And it's a beautiful thing. I love it. They love him so much. They're always calling him. They're always talking to him. They are just obsessed with my little man, which is dope. So my sister and my son, they're FaceTiming, right? They're having a good old time. They're talking about all kinds of things. And my son just loves his auntie. She's actually his godmother as well. And so he gets really, really amped when he gets to talk to her. And so they're just talking and having a good old time. And... You know, I'm I'm allowing them to have their time. So I'm just walking by doing things. You know, a lot of times when a kid is preoccupied, you're able to get things done, like clean, pick up things, maybe pick up after them. You know, maybe get some things done you weren't able to get done while you were entertaining said kid. So he's on the phone and I'm doing this and that. But I walk by and I hear him say to his auntie, well, Auntie Des, girls are weak. Boys are strong and girls are weak. Girls will never be as strong as boys. And ladies and gentlemen, of course, he is just a child. So it was an innocent thing to say. But let me tell y'all, if y'all do not know something about my sister, I know I talk about her a lot. My sister is the last person you can say things like that to. Because my sister might be the baddest mother ever in this whole country. Now, I can't really prove or say why I think that. But I have known my sister my whole life, of course, and I have seen her from young ages. Hurt boys twice her size, not dudes out on the football field. I have seen my sister do things that I have never seen any woman or most men do. She works out. Like a mad person, she she's always in the gym. She's always doing all kinds of things. You you should have seen her on her wedding day. Her back muscles and triceps were just bursting out of her wedding gown. My sister is like GI Jane, but my son doesn't know who GI Jane is. So I had to I had to mix it up a little bit. So I ran into the room. I said, "Son, stop right there." Because I already knew he was about to get the scolding of his lifetime. Not because his auntie was mad at him, but because his auntie wanted to set things straight and let him know that women are just as tough, just as rough, just as strong as men. Because that's what my sister she stands by that, right? She knows it because she lives it. So I run in there to try to save him. Ah, son, son, son. Because also, to be quite frank. It's a reflection on my parenting. I don't want her thinking that I taught him that. I don't want her thinking that he got that at his dad's crib. So I jump in right away. Hey, hey, son, tell no, no. Women are just as strong as men. Some women are stronger than men. Your, Your auntie is one of those women. She is, he says. She is. And I'm like, Yeah. She's like G.I. Jane, but right away, he was confused. He never seen G.I. Joe before. I barely seen G.I. Joe. That was an old show, all right? But we know who G.I. Jane is, right? It's just a badass chick. So then I mixed it up a little bit. And I said, nah, your auntie is the black, black widow. And he lit up, what? She's, what? I said, oh, yeah. Now, I'm not completely sure what my sister does for a living. You know what I'm saying? And I don't really care to give her business out on the street. But in my mind my sister's one of them people that like can press a button and like knows where the nukes is at like she just knows everything right my sister can just like kill you with two touches of the finger like boom, 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 and like explode your heart with a look like that's how i view my sister right so i i, I told them all these crazy stories about my sister and none of which i think are true at all but that is the picture I will paint of my sister for my little man forever I said yeah she does all that crazy stuff she trains she shoots she jumps she scores she does everything and he's like wow really but that wasn't enough for my little man he let it go for the moment because he could see that there was a little tension boiling with his auntie because of what he had said so when they had got off the phone my son had more questions because he's a very smart man. He's a very inquisitive child and he needs to know things. You can't just tell him anything, right? He don't just, you can't just tell him something. He's going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, then. No, he wants to know. It has to make sense to him. He uses logic, logic, people. Very, very smart young man. So he comes to me and he says, dad, if women are just as strong as boys, then why are you little girls allowed to hit me? on the playground and I can't do nothing back? Why can little girls yell at me and say mean things and talk trash, but I can't say anything back, Dad? I thought we weren't supposed to hit them because we're stronger than them, because we could hurt them. But now you're telling me we're equal? Dad, it doesn't make sense. And ladies and gentlemen, like I told y'all in the beginning, Now I am in a position to where I do not really have an answer from my son. Because, like my sister said, there are plenty of women that are way stronger than men. There are plenty of men that couldn't hold a candle to my sister and would probably get their ass beat by her. However, my sister could beat that man's ass. And the repercussions of her doing that would be far different than if a man were to put his hands on her. And this type of scenario is what is confusing my son, because it doesn't make sense to him. If we're equal, why aren't we treated as equals? And sometimes as a parent, you have to sit back and say like, dang, is my son ready to hear the truth? about this world? Is he ready to know that these things that I'm teaching him, they sound good, but oftentimes they are not the reality of the situation. They are not the reality of life. I can't tell a five-year-old that you know what, son? You're actually right. Men and women aren't treated equal in this country. Women make 30% less or even more than men in wages. That's a proven fact. That is something we all know. And it's the way it is. It's not equal at all. Does it sound equal to me? A woman can have the same degree as a man and not make nearly as much. How do I explain that to my child that that's equal? It's not. But it's what it is, right? It's the truth. It's what happens in this world. How do I tell my son that a woman can hit up on him and all he can do is get out of there and run away and that the same things that would happen to him if he were to act in that way, I cannot assure him that the repercussions for that young lady would be the same as the repercussions for him. It's a tough pill to swallow when you really think about it, ladies and gentlemen, because There's going to be times when you really just got to lie to your child. Or maybe it isn't lying. Maybe it's you telling them good things about how society should be so that maybe, just maybe, the next generation gets it right. Because ideally, we all should be treated as equals. Men and women should never put their hands on either of each other. Women should make Just as much, if not more, than men if they are qualified and deserving. As a man, I can go to the grocery store. I can walk down an alley at night. I can go work out in any type of garment I want to wear and not once have to question my safety. Not once have to worry about somebody following me to my car. Not once have to feel like I'm in danger women can't say that women probably go through stuff every single day that makes them scared for their life and their safety is that equal not at all sounds like two different worlds actually but I have to tell my son because he's five years old that men and That's not the truth. Because society has constantly showed us that that's just not the case. Men get applauded for having multiple sex partners. For having multiple girlfriends. For having sister wives. Men get cheered for and applauded for that. Let a woman try stuff like that. Let a woman try to be free with her sexuality. She's going to be called all kind of names she's gonna be ridiculed and put on pages and judged her kids are gonna be talked about every relationship she has is gonna be judged men don't deal with things like that men never have to worry about things like that being judged for how many partners they've had but we judge women but we're supposed to tell our kids that men and women are equal It's just not true. It's just not true. And I bring this up because it did make me sit back and say, dang, I really hope his generation gets it right. I really hope by telling him, son, men and women are equal and they should be. You should respect women just as much as you respect the men and women should respect you just as much as they respect their peers. And I gotta just pray. That that's his reality. I gotta pray by putting that into the atmosphere that that will be his reality. That he will be treated equally as a black man. That he will not be put in bad situations as a black man from women or men. And that he will always get a fair shot in life. These are things we all teach our kids, right? These are things our parents try to teach us as well. But then it also made me think about the moment when I do have to have these talks with him and explain to him, son, this is just how things go. My dad had to do it. My dad had to do it, and I had so many questions with certain things. And it was always just, son, it's just how things go. I don't know why things are the way they are, but let me tell you how to maneuver so that you could get through this life in one piece without any issues. Because yes, some things just may not make sense, but you better understand that the things are the way they are. And if you don't get with the program, you could be in a lot of trouble. For instance, Dwayne Haskins, NFL quarterback, bro, like six, five, six, six, this huge black man, an athlete, a multimillionaire, Played at Ohio State. Played Played in huge games. A superstar. Somebody that if you think of, if you, if you, if you see that on paper, you're going to say, oh, that's a man's man. Oh, NFL quarterback, that's a man's man. That's the manliest man in the world. It's the toughest guy out there, right? Dwayne Haskins found himself in a situation. I'm not going to talk too much about his business, but he found himself in a situation where he made headlines because... He got physically assaulted by his lady. I don't know if it was his wife or his girlfriend, whoever it was, somebody that he had a domestic relationship with. She beat him down bad. He had marks on his face. She beat him down to the point where charges had to be made. And of course, when charges are made, when mugshots are taken, that goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. And of course, because we just love to laugh at things, right? Dwayne Haskins... Was actually ridiculed. Bro, how you let a woman beat your ass? Bro, you like 6-6? Six, six, how you let that happen? How you how you call the cops on your lady? How you press charges on your lady? How you get your ass beat by a woman? All toxic masculine things, right? All things that sound nothing. Like men and women are equal. This man got ridiculed all through online probably got ridiculed in the locker room probably heard jokes probably still hearing jokes to this day because he got beat up by a girl but ladies and gentlemen what happens if he doesn't allow her to beat him up what happens if he defends himself what happens if he puts his hands up and tries to defend himself and he accidentally elbows her or hits her or pushes her out the way to get out of the get out of the room what happens then What is the headline ring then Another athlete, another black athlete puts his hands on a woman. And then what's the conversation? Now this brother loses everything. Because in this world, you as a man better never ever touch a woman. That is law. That is man code. Every man knows it. If a man sees a stranger putting hands on a woman, more than likely he is going to act because that is instilled in our society, rightfully so. No man should ever touch a woman no matter what. But is that same rule applied to women when it comes to them putting their hands on a man? No, it's not. It's clearly not. Because the conversation isn't, oh my gosh, Dwayne Haskins, I hope that brother is okay. Okay. I hope he's not in danger in the future. I hope this is not something that he has been dealing with for a long time. That's not the conversation. The conversation is how the hell did that happen? So when you see stories like that, one day I got to explain to my son that that could be his life. Just like my dad told me. My father told me when I was very, very young that if a woman puts her hands on me, that I better run for my life, that I better not put my hands up, that I better not do nothing, that I better get out of there immediately. Because even the slightest nudge could put me in jail for my life. And maybe that's a little hyperbole, but really is it people? Is it? Because we've seen these domestic disputes all the time, right? And now I know that one day I'm going to be in a position to tell my son the same thing. Like, brother, a woman might put her hands on you. A woman might strike you. And, brother, there's nothing you can do about it. Brother, you better get out of there. Brother, you better not defend yourself. I don't care if she 250 and she giving you body shots. Your rib cage is broke. I don't care if she Amanda Nunez. And she lethal with her shit, like, bop, bop, bop. And she getting you with a two-piece and a biscuit. Brother, get out of it. Because if you retaliate or respond in any way, you as a man are done for. These are conversations I'm going to have to have with him one day. And it's crazy because when I spend time with him now as a kid and he does ask me these questions and I can't really be real with him, it does kind of affect me. Because, like I said, then I sit back and reflect on one day I'm gonna have to be real him and explain to him that, yo, some of these things I told you about life and society were just not true, bro. It sounded good. It's what we wish our society was about, it's what we wish we stood on, these values that I taught you. It's what I hope that you bring into this world, what I hope your peers, your younger generation brings into this world. But is it true? Is it fact? Can you be that naive about things and make it through this life safely? No. No. So I'm gonna have to break it down to him. And it's just crazy to think about, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm very grateful that I have my son here to let me reflect on things like that because it makes you think like, dang, we still got a long way to go. Dwayne Haskins got beat down pretty bad, man. That was that was crazy. And any of us could be in that situation as men. And any woman could be in that situation as well. But as men, we have one option. And that's flight. Get out of there. So men, if you're listening, I would take that advice. I would do what Dwayne Haskins is. If you are ever in a situation like that, where things are just getting heated, getting out of control know that if a woman puts her hands on you you are not a punk for running you are not a punk for calling the cops you are not a punk for not retaliating and doing what you would do to a man if he did that to you ladies if you listen if you find yourself in a situation where things are getting heated where you feel like you got to hit somebody or where you feel like you're in danger get out of there get out of there it is not worth it it is not worth it at all because the repercussions could be very, very dangerous for both sides. Maybe the man doesn't have restraint and wants to attack you. I've seen one of my homegirls kick a brother in his chest. I'm talking 300 kick. Like she got in the air, both her feet to her knees and kicked. Buddy flew into the wall. And thank goodness me and my homeboys was there because he probably would have killed her. Mostly just off of embarrassment because let me tell you, we laughed a good laugh. But it wasn't right to laugh. It was awful that she kicked him like that. But as young teenage boys, we thought it was the funniest thing and we never let him forget. It. But imagine if we weren't there and that had happened in another situation that kind of danger maybe she was in. Or maybe that he was in because we had to hold her back as well. So if you're listening... Please, 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 ladies and gentlemen, don't touch each other, leave each other alone, leave each other out of it. And please continue to teach the future generation things like men and women are equal, things like women are just as strong as men. Let's break some of these terrible stereotypes that Western civilization put on us. And maybe then we actually might be able to start getting some equality. Who knows? Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 29. Episode 29 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. If you're a first time listener, welcome. We hope you've enjoyed thus far. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for supporting. Now, I know that got a little serious. I know that got a little heavy. But I thought it was an interesting topic. And I thought it was something that we should definitely talk about on this show. Definitely something I wanted to talk about. But let's switch the gears up a little bit. Let's change it a little bit. Now, if you have listened to the Out of Character podcast before, you might remember me talking about my homegirl, Francesca. If you don't know who Francesca is, I'm going to tell you about Francesca. Francesca is my homegirl who was in an eight-year relationship And within this past year has gotten out of that relationship And has decided to dedicate her life to the streets She making the most of all her time lost Eight years because she is not an old young woman She's 25 So imagine eight years Those are your prime years So she's trying to get her time back She's trying to reclaim her time Like the women like to say, right? So that's what she's doing So sometimes Francesca hits me with a little story Because dating is crazy Especially post-pandemic Dating is crazy post-pandemic because people are just just a little off their rockers these days. You know, people are on edge. People are a little more emotional. People are doing things, making decisions that they normally would not make. Ladies and gentlemen, I truly feel that my friend Francesca was caught in a situation where maybe she would not have been in if she wasn't just locked up in the crib in a quarantine or if she didn't just get out of an eight-year relationship. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a long time. So my homegirl Francesca hits me up because, like I said, I want these stories. I told her, yo, keep me updated on this single adventure that you are on. So she hits me up and says, yo, I'm going out to see a dude in another state. She getting flown out. Or at least that's what I thought she was saying. She said, I met this brother online. We chopped it up. He seems like a good guy and he wants me to come out there and visit. I'm not going to say the location, but it definitely was a flight. It wasn't like a drive or like a greyhound. It was a flight. And so I said initially, like, yo, I'm going to give you your props. Like, oh, you got flown out. Like, you about to catch a free flight somewhere. Like, yo, vacation, turn up. But she stopped me right away and said, yeah, I'm paying for the flight. So right away, like, there was like a little red flag going on, but I know that my homegirl has to experience life. I don't want to be a hater. I don't want to stop her from living and making mistakes. Because that's how we get better, people. We make mistakes, right? That's how we find the loves of our lives. By making stupid, idiotic decisions when it comes to dating. And ladies and gentlemen, I think that's what my friend was prepared to do. She didn't know this brother. She met him online. And as we all know, everything is fake online, ladies and gentlemen. Everything we, you don't know what to believe. She, it could have been a woman that she had been talking to. For all I know now, I'm sure they maybe had FaceTime and all that. So I'm sure this wasn't a catfish scenario. You know, I'm sure my friend is smarter than that. She's not that naive. So she tells me and is very, very excited to go see this guy. And rightfully so. I mean, if she's paying for a flight, she's got to really be hoping this guy is, is something. Like that this guy brings something to the table or maybe that this guy's the one, right? You know how women think. They looking for the one. And maybe this guy just might be the one. Maybe this online guy that I met from a dating website is the one is what she's thinking. And who am I, ladies and gentlemen, to tell her that that's not the case? Who am I to tell her that this guy is not the one? So I said, you know what? You go, girl. You go have the time of your life. You go fly and pay for yourself to go see this guy you've never met before. And you have a blast not even 12 hours after I had sent that text she responds I guess she is all, she was probably already en route to the guy when she had told me about him I wasn't really sure I don't ask a lot of questions I try to mind my business but she hits me up it's about five o'clock in the morning and she hits me up she says I'm headed back home I'm headed back home and I need a flight home immediately and I said well what's the problem What happened? That was so quick. I thought this guy was the one, Francesca. And Francesca continues to tell me that she can overlook a lot of things, but that this brother had far too many roaches as roommates, is how she put it. So I'm not sure how the crib was presented to her when she had got there, but there was a noticeable sign of roaches. She said a family of roaches, if I could quote her, a family. But that wasn't all, ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't just the roaches. Because you know what? Maybe she could have overlooked the roaches. Maybe the roaches were something she could work on. Maybe she could help this brother get his life together. But as a single young lady without children, she did not realize that this weekend that she was flying out happened to be Father's Day week. Now, why is this important? Why is this information imperative? Because, surprise, surprise, this brother got five kids. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, five. Five kids, cinco, cinco kids. And I'm sure you're asking what I asked. Well, why would this brother invite you out for Father's Day while he has five children? Who would do such a thing? Why would that make sense? she said because he thought it was a good idea that she met all of his kids that it would make his three baby mothers feel comfortable ding 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 strike three ladies and gentlemen she had to fly herself out he had a family of roaches and he got three baby mamas and bonus round He flew you out on Father's Day when he should be hanging out with his children. My brother was looking for some strange from some online websites. Didn't pay for it. Didn't want to fly her out. But still wanted the company of a stranger instead of his children. But he wanted to introduce her to the kids. Maybe in his mind, he thought this was going to be the love of his life. But ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, as a first meet and greet, that is not how a woman wants to start a relationship with a man. So ladies and gentlemen, she had had enough. She left that very morning and went back. And ladies and gentlemen, I tell you this story because... Don't be too eager to get back out there on these streets, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be like my friend Francesca and making bad decisions when it comes to dating. Because you will regret it. Who knows what she could have got in that brother's apartment. She could have got gangrene, wing warm. She could have brought roaches back with it. She could have had roaches a soul in a sewing. We don't know. This brother could have been a serial killer. And he might still be. He lives with roaches. He don't take care of his kids. He got mad baby mamas. The writing's on the wall. This brother is much closer to the penitentiary than he'll ever be to being a lawyer or a doctor. And I'm sure that's what she's looking for. But you're not going to find it online, ladies and gentlemen. And believe you me, ladies and gentlemen, I get it. I understand. Things still aren't open up like they used to be. People still aren't engaging and partying like they used to. You can't just go to the club and pick up a honey. You can't just meet somebody in the library in the grocery store because everybody got their masks on. I get it, dating is not the same. And I understand that that causes desperation when you're lonely, I get it. I understand, I'm not judging you. But you gotta try to not make poor decisions because of your loneliness francesca's lonely man she was in an eight-year relationship she knows better than to fly out to some stranger's crib but she did it because we are in uncharted territory ladies and gentlemen we are in uncharted territory so people are going to want to do things for love for sex let's be frank so people just need a little something something Some people just need a little loving. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, if you are one of those people that is yearning, that needs it, that's lonely and just wants some sex, I might have an answer for you. Ladies and gentlemen, the Netherlands, the Netherlands, yes, the Netherlands, they pay people with disabilities to have sex. Not necessarily to have sex. Let me not say that because that sounds wild, right? That sounds crazy. Let me let me reward what I'm saying. So what the Netherlands does for their citizens, ladies and gentlemen, their handicapped citizens, their citizens with disabilities that keeps them from being able to date and find love in conventional ways. What the Netherlands do for these beautiful people is the Netherlands gives them a grant where 12 times a year, they can use money to solicit a prostitute To pay for sexual favors, not because they're raunchy or because they're a sexual country, but because they believe that sex and love and affection and passion are therapeutic. They believe that they are so therapeutic that they actually give their citizens money to pay for cheeks. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're one of those people that are lonely, that are so lonely that you're willing to make a bad decision like fly out to some brother's house that lives with roaches, take that ticket and go to the Netherlands. Take that money that you are going to spend on that not shit brother, that not shit sister. Because I know Brothers is out here flying chicks out too. Flying chicks out that don't, that don't want to even talk to you when they get here, bro. They just honestly leaving their bags at your crib and they go off and do whatever they wanted to do in said city. Let's be real. Brothers is in that situation every day. I hear it all the time. If you are one of these people, take a trip to the Netherlands. Go get citizenship in the Netherlands. It's not even cool to be American anymore anyway, right? I mean, yeah, the Olympics just happened. That was cool. But these people really care. Go to the Netherlands. Because in the Netherlands... Not only is prostitution legal, they give you money to get prostitutes. Now, granted, I don't know the level of these prostitutes. I do not know what they look like. I do not know what they're built like. I don't know what they're shaped like. I do not know if they have all of their teeth. But the pay paid for. the free. So can you really complain? You're lonely anyway. You have the crib by yourself. You're not doing nothing. People go to the Netherlands instead. Don't pay for the fly out. Don't meet up with Craig from Tinder. You don't know if that's really a Craig. It could be a Quanisha. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Netherlands have decided that sex is a human right. A human right, can you imagine that? Can you imagine if Trump would've came out and been like, guys, all of y'all deserve sex. We know y'all been locked in the house forever. Use that stimulus package to get you some cheeks, even though I'm sure a lot of people did. We've seen all the trips to Tulum. I don't know how many females I follow that were in Mexico that were taking these lavish Paris trips. They weren't showing who they was with, but they was definitely not alone because somebody was filming them, taking pictures, and all that stuff. We know y'all spent the stimmy on some booty, but imagine if that was just what people did. Imagine that look at the netherlands man shout out to the netherlands man and shout out to y'all if you are listening this is episode 29 episode 29 of the out of character podcast as always i am your host brian Colbert. my friends call me bc you can call me bc too if you're listening if you're listening we appreciate you for listening if you're a first-time listener welcome we hope you've enjoyed the show thus far giving you a little bit of everything If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Thank you for putting up with me and the crazy things I feel like talking to y'all about on this podcast. But before I let you go, ladies and gentlemen, something happened to me about actually a few days ago that I wanted to share with y'all because it was it was something that I took as a learning experience. It's something that like reminded me just how important it is to do whatever you can to achieve your dreams and your goals and to never Take being tired or busy as an excuse to not go out and do what you was put here to do. So I got a really, really dope opportunity during this year's Tokyo Olympics where somebody close to me, somebody that's worked with me before, plugged me into the press conferences for the NBA and WNBA Olympic teams so they would have these like Zoom conferences because the Olympics COVID was very very rampant in Tokyo and like a lot of people weren't able to get out there because of COVID protocols and all that there wasn't fans allowed in the arenas so the players were doing their press conferences in front of a computer and a webcam via Zoom they'd be in Tokyo and people reporters ESPN all kind of different outlets would get on these calls and ask these players questions via Zoom they'd raise their hands and do all that stuff I'm sure you've been in meetings where you had to raise your hand. And I knew about these Zoos, right? And I knew that this is something I just had to be a part of, right? It's the Olympics. I want to be a reporter. I want to interview players. I want things to happen. And it's funny enough, actually, there was a clip on Twitter from one of the very, very first press conferences they had done. And the reporter just asked a bad question. And as somebody that loves interviewing, that studies it, that is just a student of it. I cannot tell you how frustrating it is when people get an opportunity to do these interviews that they aren't prepared and that they don't ask the right questions. Some people are offensive. They're just, just straight out dumb when some of the questions they ask. And this question was just awful and offensive. And I responded to it on Twitter and said, man, I would kill for this opportunity. How do you not be prepared? And that prompted somebody that I had worked with to reach out to me and say, hey, you know, I actually get these links to these Zoom things, these Team USA Zooms that they have for the Olympics in Tokyo. And immediately I said, yo, can I call you? Gave me his number, I called him and I straight up told him, man, listen, I gotta be a part of this. I don't even gotta ask a question, just let me sit in, just let me see what this is like. Because like I said, I'm a student of this. I don't just love sports, I don't just love broadcasting and production. I am a student of storytelling and interviewing athletes and just people, you know me, I'll interview somebody just randomly off the street, I love it, I love hearing people's stories, so I just needed to be a part of this because these are the people at the highest level, this is the Olympics, everybody in this Zoom room is somebody I can learn from, it's somebody that has done this in the business, and I need to know if I could bump elbows with these guys, I'm supposed to be here, I want to be here, do I belong, being in these Zooms might give me a glimpse of that, might let me be able to really see what this thing's about that I've been waiting to do and after a brief conversation dude knew me he worked for me before he said yo it's nothing I'm gonna give you these zoom links I'm gonna send them to you every time they happen let me let you know they're at like three four five o'clock in the morning it's very inconvenient times but if you want to get in I'll let you get in and he, he gave me game he said you know the first time it's gonna be 30 to 50 different reporters in there and they're all going to be raising their hands, trying to ask questions. But of course, time is limited. So don't be frustrated or feel upset if they don't call on you right away. But if they do call on you, be ready, be prepared, because if your question is good, they will continue to call on you. So I said, okay, I got it. The first press conference I got to do, I sat there and I listened. It was three o'clock in the morning. I I had been working all day didn't matter, I was so excited, I was up and ready, three o'clock in the morning, and I'm hearing these questions get asked, I'm listening, there's players on there, and there's NBA players that I've watched for years, that I've covered for years, and they're right there, looking right at me, and I'm looking at them, right, and I start listening, and I'm hearing these questions, and I'm hearing these guys, and I'm hearing their awareness of these athletes, and their level of questioning, and I'm just like, you know, I can do this. I know I can do this. So I raised my hand. I raised my hand in the Zoom. I didn't plan on doing that. I planned on just sitting there and being quiet, but ladies and gentlemen, I just felt like, you know what? They're probably not gonna call on me anyway. I'ma raise my hand. Ladies and gentlemen, I got called on. And even though it was three o'clock in the morning, even though I wasn't necessarily prepared because I didn't know I was gonna be doing this. It was all happened so fast. I didn't know I was gonna be talking to this athlete. Ladies and gentlemen, I asked the question That was good enough to allow me to continue to go to these Zooms and continue to ask questions. And ladies and gentlemen, I was able to do that through the majority of the Olympics. I was in these press conferences asking players questions. And every question, I'll be honest with y'all, was better than the last. It felt so great. It felt so good. It felt so empowering to do what I always wanted to do and do it at the highest level. This is the Olympics. These are gold medalists we're talking to right now. And I'd wanted to do this for so long. And when you want to do something for so long and don't get the opportunity to do it, sometimes you think, can I do this? Am I crazy? Do I see something that nobody else sees? Am I delusional? Do I believe in myself too much? Am I really as good as I think I am? These are things you ask yourself, especially during times of defeat, especially during times when you don't really know what's happening, times of uncertainty. But ladies and gentlemen, I was in these Zoom calls and let me tell y'all, I was able to ask these questions and get responses from these athletes and it just felt amazing. But last week, if I could be honest with y'all, I started another job. I have another full-time job. I have two full-time jobs and I'm not gonna get into really what I'm doing, but the second full-time job has me working from 1 a.m. to 9 a.m. And then my second job has me working from 10 a.m. to 6 a.m. most days. So really I'm working 1 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. And something about these Zoom links is you don't get like an itinerary. You don't know when these things are going to happen. What happens is you get an email saying that this is going to be at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. and then you just have to deal with it. There's no way to prepare. And right before the Olympic team played for their gold medal, I got an email saying at four o'clock in the morning, athletes, undisclosed athletes, didn't know who they were, would be available for questions right before they play for the gold medal. And ladies and gentlemen, I was ecstatic. I was all for it. I'm ready. Set my alarm. I'll be there. You know what? I got to be up anyway. I'm going to be up one to nine anyway I'm going to be working. I'm going to be up. I'm going to be fine. It's not going to be too hard. Yes, I'm on my fifth day of doing this for the first time, but I got it. 4 a.m. rolls around, my alarm goes off, and it reminds me that it's time for the press conference. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm exhausted. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm exhausted to the point where this is the second job I get to work from home. So if I can take a nap, I'm going to take a nap. And this was definitely a prime, 4 o'clock is prime time for me to take a good nap, get a good hour or two in to just sleep and just get a little break. And that's what I had been doing. I have been getting that sleep. But at this time, 4 o'clock, It's time for this Team USA interview. I'm not going to get that two hours of sleep that I really need to continue about my 18-hour day. So, I sat there. I battled. And I was tired. I was exhausted. My eyes half shut. And I opened up the Zoom. And it's an athlete talking. He's there. And I'm just so tired. I'm rocking back and forth. I'm like, oh. Not tonight. I can't tonight, man. I can't do this, man. I don't even. I can't even fathom a question right now. And if I do get on this mic, I'm going to sound crazy because I'm so exhausted. It's better off that I just go to sleep and don't even make a fool of myself, man. I can get them next time. What, what's really going to happen if I miss out on this one, if I don't really get to ask a question? They probably won't even call on me to ask a question this time. Who knows? I could just get some sleep. I was exhausted, ladies and gentlemen. I was tired. But an opportunity of a lifetime was sitting right in front of me, right in front of me, but because I was so tired, because I was so worn out, because I felt that I deserved just a little sleep, I was going to let that opportunity slip away, and ladies and gentlemen, I'll be honest with y'all, I did, I laid down, I put the covers over me, but thank the Lord above, something got in my head and said, boy, you better it. Get your butt up. You better get up because these are NBA players about to get their gold medal. And you may never get a shot at this again. You said you wanted to get your foot in the door. You said you wanted a shot. That's all you said you wanted. And now your shot is right there and you are laying in bed under the covers. Yes, you've worked all day. Yes, I know you're exhausted. But what happens if you never get this chance again? And thank the Lord, ladies and gentlemen, for that voice in my head, because I did get up and I did manage to make it back into the press conference just in time for Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard, the Oakland kid, one of the coldest scores we have ever seen in the NBA. And he was up there, tired just like the rest of us, answering questions and I got there kind of late, because like I said, I had this whole process where I was like, oh, forget it, man, I'm gonna just, you know, go to bed, all this, you know, this was all really something that I was dealing with. Like, this was taking time. And I'm sitting there and I'm I'm, I'm racking my brain. Now, what question do I ask Damien Little? I didn't even know he was gonna be on here. What do I ask him, what do I ask him? Oh, I know something, and okay, I'm gonna ask him this. The minute I decide to ask him this question, somebody else asks him the question. And they don't ask it as good as I was going to ask it, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, but they asked him the question, and now I'm scrambling because there's this mediator. The mediator lets you know how many people are going to be able to ask a question, how many people are left to ask a question, and who's going to ask the next question. And the mediator says, ladies and gentlemen, there are only room for two more questions. We are going to just have two more questions. And at that moment in time, there were four hands raised, four hands four people were waiting and he said there was only gonna be two questions there and ladies and gentlemen I said you know what I'm up I have no idea what I'm gonna ask but I'm gonna raise my hand because why not why not like I said I only get one shot at this this is it this is all I got so why not raise my hand and that's what I did and ladies and gentlemen If you don't remember what I said a little earlier, what happens is when you do ask good questions, the mediator is initially going to call on you before anybody else, because they want to make sure everything that they get on film is good, solid questions that they can use all over the world, right? They use these quotes. They use these videos for everything. And the minute I rose my hand, the mediator said, Brian Colbert, you are next. He had me jump four other reporters. These are probably guys that work for the top chains and I'm not representing ESPN. I'm not representing anything. I'm representing myself. I'm representing OOC TV. I'm coming as just Brian Colbert. And he calls on me and ladies and gentlemen, you have these moments in life that only last like a millisecond, but in your mind, the thoughts and things you think about are infinite. Oh my gosh, he just called me. I don't have a question. Oh my goodness, why did I skip four people? Oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna say? Oh my goodness, I gotta unmute my Zoom. All of these things go through your mind in a millisecond. Can I do this? Oh no, this is the moment right here. This is the moment where the universe proves to me everything I thought about myself was incorrect. This is the moment where I fail and fumble. All of these things go through your mind in these little milliseconds of moments, right? Before the big moments. And ladies and gentlemen, by the grace of God himself, I was able to ask Damian Lillard a question that I will have on every single reel I ever put out that will be on my resume. And Damian Lillard answered my question in a way that I know, I know he's gonna remember the name Brian Colbert. I know that all those reporters, that announcer, anybody representing TV USA that was on that call is going to remember Brian Colbert. But ladies and gentlemen, I would have never been able to do that. I would have never gotten that opportunity if I would have stayed in bed. I would have never gotten that opportunity if I would have let that lazy little monster on my shoulder telling me, just go to sleep. Just squander this opportunity. It's not that big a deal. If I would have let that little monster win, I would have never had that moment. I would have never had that moment. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be honest. That moment right there is a moment I'm never going to forget. It's a moment I'm going to tell my kids about. It's a moment I'm going to mention to Damian Lillard when I am actually interviewing him face to face. Because, ladies and gentlemen, that moment solidified to me that I am on the right track and I am doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I just got to keep going. I just can't stop. I can't get tired. Because the job's not done. There's things I set out to accomplish that I have to accomplish. Because if I don't, it'll be worse than death. It'll be worse than the biggest failure I ever did because it was my dream. It was what I set out to do. If I can't accomplish my dream, something I put my whole life towards, then what was this all for? and ladies and gentlemen this moment in time made me feel like everything all the grinding all the hard work has been worth it but I would have never gotten it if I would have went back to sleep so ladies and gentlemen I know I know life is rough right now I know things are hard I know we were being funny and laughing about being lonely but we get it I get it this is a wild time I know you're tired. All of us are tired mentally, emotionally, physically, we're tired, but you can't stop. Now is not the time to stop. Now is the time to keep going because if maybe, if just maybe you're able to overcome that exhaustion, that fear, that anger, that sadness, if you are able to get past it and continue forward, maybe you too will have your moment. Maybe you, too, will get recharged, refreshed. Maybe you, too, will be reminded why you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, don't stop. Don't squander opportunities. And don't let that little monster on your shoulder tell you that you're too tired to accomplish your dreams. That you're too tired to make a change. That you're too tired to do better because we all can, ladies and gentlemen. We all can. This is episode 29. Episode 29 of the Out of Character Podcast. As always, I am so grateful and thankful to be your host. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. And as always, God bless.